0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, happy, uh, many happy returns. This is the Feast of the Pentecost today. Um, and we read about Christ speaking to His Apostles that they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, and He is encouraging them before He is about to depart and to leave, and to, um, uh, leave them. So they, they would no longer be seeing Him often as they have now been accustomed to seeing Him. And He says in John 16, verse 1, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. He's telling them before, this is actually a conversation that he had with them before the crucifixion. He's speaking to them all these things to prepare them for what is it that they should expect. They should expect that he's going to be taken from them. They should expect that he will uh, be crucified and then he will be resurrected and so on. Of course, they didn't fully understand or really understand at all what it is that he was speaking about. But he was trying to give them hope and understanding and to prepare them for what is to come. And so here he's telling them these things, which are the things that he's telling them, I've spoken to you, why? So that you should not be made to stumble. So again, he wants, he wants the disciples to remain hopeful while they spend <clears throat> a long period of time in the world. And we can kind of contemplate and meditate a little bit on this and think about what are the ways that we stumble in the world? What are the, the, the risks, what are the pitfalls for us that cause us to stumble? The first kind of understanding we can get from this is in 1 John 2, verse 16, when um, when, uh, the Apostle John is speaking about all that is in the world. He says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So he's saying we get caught up in these three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So we're going to look at each of these three along with some other things. The first one is the lust of the flesh. This is the desire for pleasure, desire for pleasure. How many of us, we live our lives in order to attain some kind of a pleasure that we feel like this is the goal of our life. In Proverbs 21:17, it says, he who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. We ask ourselves, what is it that we do to attain pleasure? And we think that pleasure is the ultimate goal perhaps and yet, we, we find that it's empty. Those who have attained this kind of pleasure, and that when we seek pleasure for ourselves, we might, for a time, for a short period of time, feel content and satisfied with whatever it is that we have received in the world. And yet, Christ is telling us this is an empty pleasure. God is offering us the ultimate pleasure, He's, ult- he's offering us the ultimate joy and peace with Him. And yet so often we discount this, discard this, we kind of turn our back on this in order to achieve what we ourselves desire. Maybe an example of this is the prodigal son who in order to desire, in order to seek this pleasure that he desired, he left his father's house and was so consumed with this pursuit of pleasure. And in this parable it says that he wasted all of his money with harlots and prodigal living. And in this desire and seeking for pleasure, he completely forgot about his father. He forgot about the peace that he had with his father. He forgot about everything good in his father's house in order to leave this place and to go and to seek what he thought was going to give him ultimate joy, which was the pleasure that he sought. So this is certainly something that causes us as believers to stumble. We turn away from God and we begin to forget about him and our father's house because we are seeking pleasure. The second part of this verse, it says, the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes is the desire to obtain and to possess, to have, to have things, to have possessions, to have money. In 1 Timothy 6, 9, it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Here it's speaking about who? It's not speaking about those who are rich, but it's speaking about those who desire to be rich. If, if my desire, if my goal is to be rich, then I will be distracted from all of the things that God is calling me to do in order to pursue wealth, in order to pursue this desire, this goal that I have to have a certain amount of income or to have a certain amount of wealth. This is something that is dangerous for us. You know, again, if you look at the rich young ruler, what is it that prevented him? What is it that caused him to stumble? What caused him to stumble was that Christ called him for essentially apostleship. He said, come and follow me just like he called all of the apostles to follow him. And yet he was not able to follow because he was very wealthy and he couldn't leave behind the wealth that he had. So this is the lust of the eyes. It causes us to stumble. It wants us to pursue something other than God. And this is really the theme here of all of these things that cause us to stumble, is they cause us to pursue something other than God. The third part of the verse is the pride of life. It says, Uh, for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but of the world we read in Proverbs 29 a man's pride will bring him low but the humble in spirit will retain honor what is the pride of life? The pride of life is feeling that I want to be in control, that I want to be a master of myself, that I want to be a determiner of my future, that I refuse to submit to God's authority, that when when we read that God is telling us to live a certain way, when God is telling us that he he wants us to go a certain direction, he wants us to forsake something or he wants us to accept something, that I am resistant to this because I want to execute my own will. I want to do what, what my own will is telling me rather than what God's will is telling me living for my own, seeking authority over others, wanting to control others. These are all parts of the pride of life. And certainly we see in these three things, the desire for pleasure, the desire to possess and the desire for control. We see that maybe the most successful people in the world, this is what they try to attain, this is what they try to achieve. And unfortunately, in our society, we look up to these people and we say, I wish I could be like them. Right? This is all that is in the world. And here Christ is, is warning his disciples. He's saying, I don't want you to stumble. Right? I don't want you to stumble in the world. I don't want you to look at the world and be so attracted to this world that it makes you to forget what it is that you have been called to do. What is it that you as Christians have been called to do? There's a few other things that cause us to stumble. Hatred is another example of something that causes us to stumble. In 1st John chapter 2, it says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. There are some people that want to live as Christians, and they want to come to church, and they want to take communion, and they want to do everything according to Christianity, but they harbor hatred for somebody in their heart, someone who has hurt them in some way. And they reject this person, and they hate this person, and they don't want anything to do with this person. And this person is maybe someone who's always in their thoughts, and they're always like fighting against them in their mind. So hatred actually attaches us to the object that we hate. When I hate a person, it's like I have attached myself to this person. I have be- I, this person has become a stumbling block for me, not because they have done it, but because I have chosen it. I have chosen to attach myself to this person through the hatred that I have for them, and this causes me to stumble. Again, it's another distraction. It's something that keeps me from being able to pray it's something that keeps me from being able to enjoy God's blessings. Instead, I am fixated on the hatred that I have for another person. This is another way that perhaps we stumble in the world. Or jealousy. In James chapter 3, it says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there, right? Where envy and self-seeking exist. When I envy a person, again, it's self-seeking in the sense that I want something for myself. I even wish that something that belongs to another would come and it would belong to me instead. This kind of ties into materialism and ties into hatred, that I am not even joyful for the possessions and things that other people have, but I want to take it from them. I wish and I want to have it myself. So all of these are examples of things that are in the world that cause us to stumble. And of course, there's many more, but just just a, a flavor, an example of some of these things. So what keeps us from stumbling then? Right? He's saying, I have spoken. Right, These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. What are the things that keep us from stumbling? The truth is what keeps us from stumbling. When we really think about it, it's the, the truth. What is the truth that God has revealed? Okay, Here, when he's speaking to his disciples, what does he say to them? He says that the world will hate you. Right, This world, all of these other attractions that we might have, are all related to being attracted to the world. I'm attracted to the wealth in the world. I'm attracted to the pleasure in the world i'm I'm attracted to being able to control the world all these are attractions things that draw me to the world okay and so christ said well i'm going to make it very simple for you all those things that 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 you are attracted to and all those things in the world well the world hates you don't go into the world don't 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 feel like you are a part of this world or to seek to obtain this world and to have this world with you because the world hates you he says this in john 15 19 If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Right? The world that we seek to be united to actually rejects us. And so maybe we try to live like the world. He's saying because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Am I living according to the principles of the world? Am I seeking the world because I seek the things in the world that are pleasurable to me? The things that satisfy me. And I turn my back on God. Because we know what he said is that his path is a narrow path. You know, it's like we're given these two options and the two options are very different from one another. We have this difficult path to walk where we are denying our desires denying our desires denying our desires all the time and many people look at us and say how what is the point of the way you're living why is it that you would keep denying yourself all this all these years what are you benefiting or gaining from denying yourself for all this time we're saying because i want what is even better than this world i want what is even greater than the world the world is limited the world is temporary the world might satisfy me for a day But God will satisfy me for eternity. So he says what? This world that you are seeking, it hates you, meaning your way of life. It hates what you have become. It hates the fact that you are self-controlled because it has no power over you. The world seeks to control us by attracting us, by tempting us to itself so that we become almost inebriated by the world, so that we begin to operate according to the system of the world without even thinking, Without even taking a step and looking, taking a step back and looking at it and say, this doesn't make any sense. Why should I live this way? To live this way is to, is to, to give up my will, is to give up my sense, is to give up my, my logic, is to give up all that I know to be true about the world in order to follow the world's plan. This is why the world hates us because we can see things soberly. We can see things as they truly are, and we are not inebriated to follow after the world and to be controlled by it. So he told them this, right? He said, the world will hate you, right? This is, his, this is the way that he is keeping them from stumbling. This is what he said. These things I have said to you to keep you from stumbling. Another thing he told them is that he is the vine and we are the branches in John 15, verse five. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. He's saying what? He's saying, you need some source of life. You need some source of power. You need some source of strength. What is your source of strength? In the world, they seek their source of power and strength and joy from the world, because that is what the world is to them. This is why they seek to excel in the world. They seek to enjoy the world, right? But he's saying for you, you are my branch. I am your source of strength. You are grafted in me. I am the one who is to give you everything. I'm telling you, don't seek after material pleasures. I will give you what is better than material pleasures. I'm telling you, do not seek after pride and to be humble. I will give you what is greater than the pride. Right? I will give you what is greater than the lust. I will give you what is greater than all these things. So he's offering them more than what the world can offer. But this type of joy that we have in the Lord is through him. He is the vine. Meaning, in order for us to enjoy this Uh, strength, this power, this love that God offers us, we have to be in union with him, right? Just as a branch is in union with the vine. If we were to rip the branch away from the vine, then the branch would wither and die, right? So sometimes we find ourselves in a position where we are trying to live separated from the vine but separated also from the world, in the sense that I'm trying to fight against the world. I know that, that it's not right for me to indulge in the world, but at the same time, while I'm being told I should fight against the world and hate the world and not be part of the world, well, I'm also not grafted in with the vine, meaning I'm not seeking this relationship with God. I'm not seeking the spiritual life. I'm not participating in it. I'm not praying. I'm not seeking God, right? And it's impossible for me to do so. I cannot live separated from the world and separated from God. Just like Christ said, you can only serve one master, either God or mammon, and you have to choose which is the master that we serve, right? He is the source of strength. He has not left or forsaken his disciples, but he said, I will be your source of strength even as you continue to live in the world. Also, he tells them, if you want to have joy... In your life how is it that you can seek joy actually he says in verse 10 if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as my as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love if you want to experience true love true love and if you want to experience true joy he says keep my commandments maybe it sounds kind of strange for us like when we like if i were to ask a person what what image would you conjure in your mind when i tell you imagine what true love is right most people would think of some romantic relationship perhaps that two people have with each other and in the mind of the world when we say what is true love this is probably what they would express this is true love right and when we read this if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love this is what god is saying is true love is abiding in the commandments of god because what sin is what separates us from this love. Sin is what separates us from true love, which is the love we receive from God. This is the true love. This is what he said is the true love. Any other love that exists in the world is temporary, it's fleeting, it's momentary. It doesn't really have any depth to it compared to this love that God is offering to us. The true love is to be in union with God. And sin is what separates us from this union. So he's saying, keep my commandments. Do not sin. Do not separate yourself from me. Experience the true love that I am offering you. So we ask ourselves, where do our principles and our morals come from? Do they come according to what the world says? They come according to what the world is teaching, right? Which changes from generation to generation and from year to year, right? Or is our moral compass is our, is our understanding of right and wrong coming from God himself? This is a very important question. He also says what? The Holy Spirit is our helper. In John 14, 26, he says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. This is what we are celebrating today in the Feast of Pentecost, is the coming of the Holy Spirit, who is our helper. He says, Do not stumble, because you have the Holy Spirit with you. Do not stumble because even though I depart to heaven, I am still with you. The Holy Spirit is still with you. And we can accomplish all the things that God is calling us to do through the work of the Holy Spirit. Nothing that God asks us to do is easy. And yet, through the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. And then finally, he has said to his disciples, He who endures to the end shall be saved. Right? It is a, it is a perseverance in this. That we have to keep reminding ourselves of this, these principles again and again and again all the time that this isn't just a momentary decision that we make. This is a decision that we have to renew each and every day when we wake up to say to ourselves, today I'm going to live according to God's commandments. Today I'm going to remember the Lord in everything that I do. Today I'm going to experience the power of God because I am going to seek Him. I'm seeking Him today and tomorrow and every day of my life. This is a willful choice. I either can choose to seek after the things in the world or I can choose to seek after God. And if God chooses to give me some of the things in the world, this is great. If, if God chooses to give me riches, I will accept it from Him. If God chooses to give me pleasure, I will accept it from Him. If God chooses to give me anything, authority in the world, I will accept it from Him. Anything that God gives, I will accept. But I am not seeking those things. I am seeking God, and whatever He chooses to give me, I will receive and accept. This is the way God has said that we will not stumble. So what are some of the things we discussed today? We said, how might we stumble? We said the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, the pride of life, hatred and jealousy. These are some ways that we stumble in the world. And Christ warned his disciples about these things. What is the truth that keeps us from stumbling? One, that the world hates us. There is nothing for us to desire in this world. This world is against us. He is the vine and we are the branches. Keeping God's commandment is what brings us joy joy. The Holy Spirit is our helper, and then finally those who endure to the end will be saved. So today on this Feast of Pentecost, may remember the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, reminding us always of the promises of Christ, what is it that He has said to us, and how, <clears throat> and how He has told us ahead of time and warned us so that we would not stumble and live in Him. And glory be to God forever. Amen. He ascended into the...